Hey, spooky friends, and welcome to The Three Twisted Sisters, hosted by Britt, Kay, and Lexi. And on today's episode, we will be discussing witch trials. <gasps> Ooh! <laughs> Yikes, a doodle! Yes, witch trials. Witch trials. Which <laughs> <laughs> <Which> kind? <laughs> Yikes a doodle. Yeah, quite a few, actually. Quite a few. Oh, yes. We're gearing up for Halloween. It's just around the corner. So we figured we'd sprinkle in some historic, terrible things that happen to women and men alike. <laughs> yeah. And if you're watching this on our YouTube, Three Twisted Sisters podcast, you will see that we are uh, currently dressed up like some American colonial women. And I gotta <laughs> say, I like the look. <laughs> you, like you, the might, you might see me walking down the street in this little cute outfit. I don't know. <laughs> this look back. I, I will say... You will not see me in this little outfit. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it. What if it, what if it works? Yeah. <laughs> it works for what? Like <laughs> weather, I don't know. <laughs> what if it works? It kind hey, of I mean like when light. you pull it down, it's a good it blocks the sun. It's like a nice eyes. little hat. I don't think it doesn't it's... mess up my hair. It keeps it cute. I don't <laughs> What if like winter time a cute little beanie? Like come on. Yikes. No. <laughs> it's a conversation starter. That's for there sure. There you go. You know what? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's it. Yes. So this week we're wrapping up October. How has your guys's final week of October been so far? Honestly, terrible. <laughs> Why? Well, we had a crazy eclipse happen. So yes. shedding... Shedding a uh, new light in the darkness. Uh, mainly because of my allergies, though. Aww. I've been, like, clogged up. I went through three tissue boxes. And I'm Whoa. like, no, it's all dry. And it hurts. You know, when I went to the doctor over the summer when I visited, they said that Texas is known for, like, one of the worst places to live for allergies. It was, it's terrible. Well, it doesn't help that, like, this area specifically, there's so many trees, and then there's a lot of construction. There's a, So there's, like, a lot of trees that are being torn down. Not a lot, but there's a good amount. And then there's construction everywhere. And they, there's, like, a whole freakout on our neighborhood Facebook page about them not having water trucks. And they kicked, because they really did. They kicked up so much dust. Oh, so much dust. Like, <laughs> Everyone like dirt and everything. Everyone's cars were like gross brown, oh, and like I had just washed mine too, and it was like yeah. brown. It's <laughs> car. It's a blue car. Yeah, and that this was like a week and a half of everyone's like houses and cars being like covered in like dirt. But anyway, so the, it doesn't help the allergies. Give me like sidetracked on some local <laughs> neighborhood them allergies. Issues. Yeah. yeah. Allergies suck. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I had a birthday this week. Woo! Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. Yep. Turned 
turned the big three one. Oh, <laughs> I I said three oh. <laughs> big three one, 31 and thriving. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> How yeah. does it feel? Um, <laughs> compared to like 18. Like yeah, oh, <laughs> Honestly, like I said, I've said it before, but 30s are kind of, they're, I like them a lot so far. Yeah, I've heard a lot, a lot from a lot of females, actually. Mm -hmm. the 30s are quite the opposite for dudes. Really? Yeah. The one thing I will complain about is the, um, the gray hairs. <laughs> <gasps> I think I have some going in. There, I mean, I had my first one when I was 21. I remember it was like a month after I got married and I was like, what the? F <laughs> and I freaked out. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's fine. Okay. A little salt and pepper didn't hurt though. Amen. I say <laughs> keep them all natural, baby. Okay, Sweet you both are blonde, so <laughs> shut up. My roots are fully showing, so. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I can tell the difference because I've had a couple grays too. And mm -hmm. I can tell the difference between the gray and the blonde. It's it's like, oh my gosh, that is like silver. And that's in my roots. And my roots are overgrown right now. So it's yes. you can tell pretty bad. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I just need a little root touch up and I'm good to go. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, the 30s, turn, er, getting into your 30s is not as scary as I thought it was, that's for sure. That's good to know. I'm mm -hmm. right there. You are. You are. Come on down the mountain, Missy. Oh. I feel Betsy Ross or some shit. In this yeah. Is it easy to move? Because you look a little restricted. It is pretty easy. I just... I have shoulder pads. Oh, yes. That's she must so I just, cool. I have these shoulder pads. I don't want to get make them all crooked. I like them. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Any hooster, let's go ahead and get into the topic of tonight, today's episode. Yes, let's. I'm excited. Yes. So we're talking about, now mine, honestly, um, like, there's a couple points where I'll say, like, deep breath because it's a little overwhelming <laughs> and kind of heavy. But um, I think it just comes with the territory of this topic specifically. So, um, yeah, let's start it on up. Alrighty, so with my notes, I'm mainly covering the Scottish witch trials, but um, I've sprinkled in some of, like, uh, historical brief history if you will oh, so yes let's uh, get on into it <laughs> yeah so a brief history of witch hunts slash witch trials um in early modern europe so we're talking like the 1400s all the way until like the late 1700s 1780s ish okay so in BCE times, um, fortune-telling, witchcraft, any sort of mystical doings um, were pretty much a no-go. Um, they were considered evil and of the devil. So actually in 1317 in France, 
Pope John XII had several assassination attempts and hits out against him, one being a fellow bishop who was actually executed for using witchcraft against the Pope. So that was kind of crazy. I was like, wow. So fast forward um, a little bit of time to 1563 in Scotland. So King James VI, um, he actually believed wholeheartedly that he was, quote, the devil's greatest enemy. Like <laughs> the ego on this man. <laughs> Out of everybody in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, sir. It kind of fits. He's a king. Yeah. It's like Still, king like, mentality. Also, fun fact, the King James version of the Bible was created during his time ruling. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, huh. Okay, sir. Chill. Right. But, yeah. um, so the big thing with him was... <laughs> they realized they were using it wrong yeah Yeah, they were like wait a minute gravity as as kids did you guys ever pull those apart so that they were like bigger the cups yeah 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 but did you Mm -hmm. know that you were supposed to do that so you had a plate of ketchup see me and a plate of ketchup like no it would not work right yeah Yeah. (laughs) like for fun as a kid i'd like pull them apart you know but mm-hmm. then I, somewhat, well, I don't know if they actually were. It's a TikTok thing or like so it was right or something. Yeah. So it's 100% factual. But yeah, it's like they're like pulling it apart to like make it a. Well, it kind of makes sense. You dip throw your fries on there too. But mm. that's too yeah. Much. That's too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Sorry, so we got one <laughs> That's okay. Um, so pretty much like the first inklings of. Um, witch trials in general happened because he accused a group of men and women of working with the devil to conjure up rough seas um, to potentially kill him um, during his returning trip from Denmark. Now, the whole reason he was in Denmark at the time was to wed his wife, um, the Danish princess named Anne. Now, what was wild about this sea journey is that they actually had to spend a couple of weeks in Norway. Sorry, did you <laughs> Had to spend a couple of weeks in Norway because the storms and the sea was so bad. Um, now, under extreme mental and physical torture, the accused admitted and named 
five other people. So the list just kept getting bigger and bigger for meeting with the devil on Halloween night and conspiring this whole plan and coming up with this whole plan. Now, what's interesting I will say about King James is that he actually wrote a book or a pamphlet um, that was actually called Demonology. And it was, it's chock full of quote, ancient black magic rituals and witches, all sorts of sorcery, even mystical beings like werewolves and vampires. Um, and another thing his this particular pamphlet or book um, was said to be Shakespeare's inspiration for Macbeth, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I have heard that before. Oh, you That's have? That's weird, though. I didn't know, like, that that King James was so... Twisted. Prolific? Yeah, like, theological? Maybe not prolific, but, like, I didn't know. I mean, I knew that all of the kings were very, like, my religion or nothing type of thing. But, um, well, besides before when they were Catholics and they listened to the Pope. But, anyways, I, I didn't know that he was so um like spiritual and that's weird like writing a book about all of the like supernatural stuff but he also had like curated and um influenced a bible that is still used today yeah i think that's what I'm, I'm like how can you i don't know influential maybe that's influential how this man power no, it's hereditary. Yeah, maybe he, like, you know, was more, <laughs> like, more one with himself. Maybe. He sounds like a paranoid, egotistical dude to me. I'm like, you need to chill because it turns out um, in 1563, Scotland passed the Scotland Witch Act. Which is, <laughs> well, <laughs> hold on right there for a second. Um, don't forget that. I'll bring that back up. So back to the King James and his newly led wife's journey. Um, so many more were accused, were tortured, and eventually hung, then burned at the stake. Um, 26 women and six men were charged several more executed while some actually escaped only to be accused again in 1590 with a total of 70 convicted and executed witches all because of this one <coughs> rough you know sea trek like now in the beginning of 1563 scotland was rocked already um, with the middle ages style paranoia of witchcraft and sorcery. So like I said, the Scottish Parliament actually passed the um, Witchcraft Act where any form or suspicion of witchcraft or even consulting with a witch was a capital offense. Now for nearly 200 years, four to 6,000 people were accused and tried and more than 2,500 of them were executed. 
fun fact, 75% of the accused were, drum roll please, women. 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 So for the time, um, and really across the board brief history of what would consider you to be guilty of witchcraft and sorcery, um, credible magical practices included healing, love spells, finding lost or stolen items, using protection charms or charms for good luck, like I'm out, uh, <laughs> amethyst, <laughs> like, uh -oh. um, blamed for another's illness, misfortune, or death. Like, whatever, people. And also basically using any object, object or words in a ritualistic way. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how even, even though we don't like persecute witchcraft or witches in today's society, how much of a, like a negative stigma came about like term witch and witchcraft and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I know. today, hundreds of years later. And it's like, I mean, I didn't even get into like the into paganism or anything like that because i mean that was a whole other side to really witch hunts yeah but this is more of like the trials you know yeah um, because when i mean when like the christians started moving in on the pagans dude that was some wild shit yeah blood baths literal literal ugh, awful yeah. And the the final, the big one that really kind of signified and was the staple for you're a witch, you're a witch, was um, making a pact with the devil. Now, wow. how would they know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how would they know that for sure? Um, so there were two, typically two ways, if not by word of mouth, how they could potentially test um a, a person accused. So one of the major things was looking for a specific or strange birthmark, um, which is quote, the mark of the devil. We've kind of, we talked about that several episodes ago about like the mark of the devil and familiars and things like that. Um, now the second one is something that really grinded my gears and I brought a prop for it as well to kind of have that visual aid for oh everybody over on YouTube. Um, so one of the major, second major ways to kind of say, yep, confirmed they're a witch, they made a pact with the devil, is the ability to not bleed or feel pain. Now, at, yes, and That's at this- true. Huh? Is that true? Yes. But it's like, but there's people that are born that way. And have like a higher pain threshold. Yeah. I know. But so, not to be able to bleed. Oh, let yeah. me tell you, you guys are okay. going to freak okay. out. Okay, okay, go. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. So the courts actually appointed what they called um, court appointed people were witch 
prickers. So I told you that it really started and kicked off in 1563. Well, which prickers were around until 1662? And now the crazy thing about these court-appointed people was that many of these pricks, <laughs> I like the pricks, were actually fake and completely bogus. Literally, they were charlatans. And what that means is they would literally put on a show, it would, and it was just completely fake, phony, all of that, um, because they literally would use retractable. And I brought the prop, which is <laughs> if you're listening on audio, it's just a um, a prop knife for Halloween. It's retractable. They would literally use retractable pins or blades to show proof, quote unquote that the accused was in fact a witch. Whoa! And, yes. That's crazy. So they could be like, she is not bleeding. She, that is a terrible. She's <laughs> not bleeding. She is, she cannot feel pain because they were faking it. You know, like, ah. So let me set that down. <laughs> I was wondering what your prop was. I was like, oh my gosh, what does she have? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so luckily, around 1662, many of these phony witch prickers were denounced, arrested as frauds, and taken care of, like hallelujah. Now, is this after people were murdered because of it? Absolutely. Oh my absolutely. Gosh. That's crazy. So, back to the punishment of witches. When you hear of a witch trial, people often associate the accused with either being hanged for the crime or burned at the stake. Um, for Scotland, the bodies of executed witches were always burned. Always. Um, for instance... In Forez, I'm so sorry if I said that wrong. In Forez, for, in Juarez, <laughs> in Forez, Scotland, um, convicted witches were put into deep breath, spike, spike lined barrels and tossed down Clunny Hill, which is, I've seen pictures, it's a very long and steep hill. Um, ending the torturous death by setting the said barrel on fire, kill like eliminating and killing the witch, essentially. Oh my gosh. Yes. That would be like a terrible way to go. How many, like at that point, I mean, do they put you in the barrel and then they drive the spikes in? Or were the spikes already in there and then the spikes? I, honestly, that's a good question. Like how um, do they get them in there and then, and then how many, like, like punctures until you die like the bump the bump, the bump just imagine rolling oh my gosh like uh oh awful. my god it's gonna be so terrible yes awful, awful you think awful. maybe you would die no i don't think instantly uh, it depends on depends. where it punctures you <clears throat> like, like, i did it on the leg first like of course not right away but yeah but they're all over so just imagine Think of like an almost like an Iron Maiden yeah. uh, type device. And, and instead of it closing in on you, you're literally being tossed around in it down a 
long, steep hill. Now, present day, they actually have a memorial for all of the people that this happened to, which I thought was really nice, um, a nice touch. But um, going back have, to- Sorry, do they have all the names of them? They have a lot of the names. Now, it depends because I did read in two of the sources that a lot of the kind of like the nickname for witches back in the day, if they didn't like record their actual given name, they would be called um, like Janet or Jenny. It's just kind of like a term that they used. Um, but kind of switching over to how they got the confessions of these said witches and their torture methods because not many people were willing to say oh god bless it <laughs> you know what i am a witch like <laughs> absolutely not um so medieval torture devices made a comeback for the scots and witch trials alike like i said nearly all the accused were tortured for confessions and information. And they were often, you know, just imagine. Humanity was out the window with this at this time, absolutely. So a few examples of the devices that they used, um, deep breath, everyone. Because for this, when I was researching it and seeing the pictures of the actual devices it it made me so sick to my stomach i definitely could have been a witch in a past life or <laughs> you know um so this one this first one is called the penny winkle such a cute fucking name for such an evil device but it essentially was an iron device used to crush individual fingers or hands so i did read a story of um a family who was accused of witchcraft and they had used one of these devices on a little girl in front of her mother to get her to confess so like how twisted to get the mom to confess yes that's so messed up Absolutely. you think she did it did she do it she i would have i would have lied and said i was a witch oh yeah she confessed to it um and was executed for was it. Was a little girl executed or was she saved? She was, um, since her mom confessed and her father had already been pressed to death, which I'm gonna cover that in a minute. Um, she was, since she was so young, she was spared that way. But just awful. Like, let me set your innocent child in front of you and get you to confess to crimes that you have you probably for the like majority of people did not commit like awful it's horrible now this one um it's kind of a difficult name i'm gonna put my english spin on it and probably butcher it <laughs> hi how are you so um how are you <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's called uh Cashy laws. Okay, so these <laughs> cashy laws. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> so these horrific devices would encase um, a person, the accused's limbs, and then when they would be heated, because they would heat 
the iron, it would obviously burn the victim inside to get them to confess. So that was just another one of their lovely devices. Um, another one, which this, this one, like <laughs> looking at pictures of this, and I'm sure that you'll insert a picture of it as well, Kayla. Um, it's just terrifying. So it's called the Scold's Bridal. And this particular one was not only used on witches. It was people who were accused of being gossips, um, things oh, like that. <laughs> right? It's like XOXO gossip girl. Oh, no, you're going to be stuck with this iron muzzle on your face. So pretty much um, there were some that I saw some pictures that were just basic um, essentially, that's like my word today, essentially, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it was an iron device for your head. Think like a muzzle, um, with iron spikes that would literally go in your mouth and hold your tongue down. Now, some of the more advanced devices would have additional ones to press up against your cheeks on the inside of your mouth. But they all were uh, had padlocks on the back of your head. Oh, my God. So it's literally like you're stuck with this thing. And they had certain ones, like a couple that I saw were just super basic, like um, the tongue presser and the lock on the back of the head. But it goes like iron, iron around your head. Why? Other ones I saw had the additional pokers for the inside of your mouth the padlock around the head, but also had iron ears, like a devil. And like some of them had like um, iron covers for your eyes. So just like the most monstrous. And like thing. how would they keep them in that forever or would that kill them? Now they no. would keep them in that until they confessed. Can oh you imagine God. like being in a cell with that thing on your head for who like you can't swallow properly. You can't speak. Like, I can't even imagine. Just torture. <clears throat> Pure torture. Um, and then the, the fourth one that I would like to mention because it was used quite often, and I kind of mentioned it above um, a few moments ago, is pressing. Now, this is something that has been around for, like, thousands of years at this point. But um, pretty much the accused is placed down, um, laying down, and they place heavy stones on top of the accused bodies one by one until they were literally pressed to death or pressed into confessing. But can you, ugh, can you imagine? No. Can you imagine? Now, I watched, and I've said this show like a million times. If you haven't seen it, it's it's um, really entertaining. I liked it a lot. Um, Salem, they had a had one moment where a man was accused, excuse me, of being a witch. And they showed, um, excuse me, on the show that they were literally pressing him. And even, like, to, like, his final breath, like, you know, um, just laying stones on top of him until he was crushed to death. And you see, like, the blood, you know, very graphic. Like, 
horrifying, horrifying. So those were just a couple of the torture devices they used. They loved to remove, forcibly remove fingernails. Ew. Um, which I think is just like vile. All of it is just horrific. Yeah. So like I said, there were thousands of stories that were extremely tragic and just very gruesome. Um, now I'm going to talk about the final witch who was convicted and executed in 1727. So now this Jeez. started, yeah, this started in 1563. So long, long time of witch trials and executions. Thousands of people have died at this point. So we're going to talk about Janet Horn. Now I saw in a couple places she's named Janet Horn, but like I said, they used the name Janet or Jenny um, to kind of more or less just put a name tag on, instead of being like witch or killer, it was Janet Jenny, that kind of thing. So Janet Horn, she was tried and convicted of witchcraft after accusations from the neighbors were brought to light. They claimed to have seen her riding, quote, <laughs> riding to the devil on her daughter's back after trans transforming her into a horse. So well, that is quite the story. <laughs> the story. And I'm like, for why? Yeah. You know, for why? So both her and her daughter were arrested. Thankfully, her daughter escaped, like, thank the Lord. And it is um, noted in several sources. Now, I used mainly two, but um, several sources noted that the daughter actually had, like, a either a deformity or an injury on one of her hands. So people were like, you know, oh, look at her. She definitely has been transformed. Look at her hands. Like, it's just fucked up. Aww. Yeah, but thankfully she escaped. Now Janet, unfortunately, did not. So like I said, Janet Horn was the last execute, convicted and executed, not convicted, executed witch. Um, and that was in 1727. Now fast forward nine years. By 1736, the Scottish Witchcraft Act was finally abolished. And instead, if someone was accused and convicted of quote unquote pretended witchery, they switched it from witchcraft to pretended witchery. The maximum pen penalty for the crime was a year imprisonment. So it's almost like they woke up and said, holy crap, we've been torturing thousands of people, you know, on this, um, on neighbors, on, you know, people's accusations of them, like, it's just so vile, such a vile time. Um, I did want to say, now I didn't go into researching her, but I thought it was kind of cool. Um, if you watch the show Outlander, um, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the show Outlander, you can, <laughs> then you can, Nias. Guyless um, <laughs> was actually a real person 
who time traveled. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) She was actually a real person who was um, tried, convicted, executed as a witch, which I was just like, wow, that's heartbreaking. But fast forward to modern times. This year, actually, um, in June 2022, Natalie Dawn introduced the Witches of Scotland campaign to the Scottish Parliament to officially pardon all accused and convicted women and men of Scotland's 200-year witch hunt. This comes after the First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, who issued a public and formal apology for the historic, quote, sorry, for the, quote, historic injustice to all who were accused and convicted. Now, not only was the, both those movements are so powerful and so important because they talk about the um, injustices and the like literal hatred of women, um, not to excuse the men who were also um, arrested, convicted, executed as well, but just the fact that the witch hunt, the witch trials, um, went after people who were a little different, who were a little odd, who were more oftentimes than not in poverty, like just targeted a certain level of people. And it was just, it was just truly a historical injustice of human life. So I thought that was really cool. Um, Nothing has, no pardon has been officially um, released for the thousands of people who lost their lives to this sick cause. Um, But I think, you know, times are changing. (laughs) We're getting better. Um, There are lots, like I said, about um, Clunny Hill, I'm saying that correctly they do have monuments throughout Scotland for you know either marking like this is the place that so and so was executed this is the place that you know they have like name plaques placards and things like that for people who were um, victims and I think that that's really important and special because more often than not especially if you were one of these people where the witch prickers were literally like oh yeah she's a witch like he's a witch like golly that's horrible that is the tragic and unfortunate scottish witch trials that is so horrific honestly i don't feel like we're gonna come across any witch trial stories that aren't completely horrific but that's insane the length of time it went oh absolutely and it's crazy like i i when we first began um brainstorming this topic i was like oh i want to do scotland not only because when i looked into it they had such horrific reported claims that I was like, okay, look, I want to do that one. But um, also because our our family heritage is Scottish, you know, mm-hmm. a big portion of it is Scot- from Scotland. I was just, you know, 
curious, but it it's heartbreaking. Absolutely yeah. heartbreaking. It's awful. I mean, so the one that I want to talk about today is one of the most famous witch trials, at least in America, if not in a lot of places. I don't know. I'm American, so I don't know. But in America, <laughs> it's the most famous witch trial to date. So 1692, Salem, Massachusetts. It was a bad year for Salem, Massachusetts. Let me just start there. Um, this is like, you've got to remember that the United States as a whole is huge. Massachusetts is pretty big. It's a good sized state. But Salem in general is tiny. And there's actually at this time, there were two different areas in Massachusetts named Salem. So there was Salem City, and then there was Salem Village. So this one is talking about Salem Village, which is a much smaller community. It's not as um, bustling or whatever. And yeah. um, so this is their story. Um, now, a lot of people already know it. So a lot of people know Salem as America's most embarrassing witch trial ever. But a lot of really cool things happened and I'll get into it. But I just want to start with 25 people died in these Salem witch trials. 25 lives are lost. Now, it's nothing compared to the 2000 or whatever that Brittany was talking about. But for such a small community and such a small span of time, 25 people died. 19 were hung. Uh, five died in custody. And one was also smushed by heavy stones. Um, so that's insane. And there was over 150 accused. Freaking crazy. But let's get into the piece of shits that are responsible for the Salem witch trials. Ugh. Yeah. So um, a lot of you guys know a little bits and pieces about the story. And if you've seen The Crucible, you might think you know a lot about the Salem witch trials. Um, but The Crucible is not incredibly historically accurate. They And that's something that the writer prefaced at the very beginning of his uh, script was that it is not 100% historically accurate at all. But there is a lot of accuracy as far as names go and different situations in it. But I'm gonna start with the, Brittany already talked about the process of identifying witches. So it's with suspicions or rumors. That's that's literally it. If someone suspects that you might be a witch or that someone accuses you, then you were brought in as, you were charged with witchcraft or you were under imprisoned for it. Mm -hmm. So. It all started with the Putnams and the Porters. So there were two very influential families in Salem at this time. And it was the Porters who were more of the uh, richy, richy side of it. And then there was the Putnams who were also still rich and very influence, influential, but they hung around more with the poorer folk at that time. So that's kind of where this divide begins was that they didn't really like each other because they didn't, they didn't get along. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but they were very influential and they, they were kind of in charge of the city. They weren't like, they were just very influential families in Salem at this time. So the Putnams bring in a new pastor 
Samuel Paris, who I would like to say was a Harvard dropout, like Harvard, Harvard dropout. He never finished his degree in theology. Okay. I just wanted to preface that real quick. What is theology? That's like the study of uh, religion. So he was going to school for that, but he never finished it. And he was a businessman turned into a minister. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm just saying, I'd be a little skeptical on your advice. Like, I understand religions believe that people, like, are come, come to God or whatever, and then they change. But this guy, I just... I mean, obviously, I have a skewed point of view, but fuck this guy, okay? I, I felt the same way about King James. I'm like, all, yeah, I, read, okay, really? all I, I read about you is your egotistical, you think you're the enemy of the devil, like, but now I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe we have a skewed point of view, but you know what? I don't care. Screw this guy. So, the Putnams bring this new pastor into Salem Village, and with him, he brings his wife, his three children, a niece two slaves who were originally from Barbados. So we've got John Indian um, and uh, Tituba. So these two, yeah, Tituba. So these two slaves were brought with the Paris family, this new pastor family. Okay. So early on in uh, Paris's tenure of being a minister, he is already kind of causing problems. He did not make a very good agreement when he chose to come to Salem. So he was asking for more money. He was causing arguments with people and he was just kind of a douchebag. And this really created a big strife within the church. And a lot of uh, the people didn't like his his point of view um, with his preaching. Uh, so it divided the congregation and the split was very visible. He would get, if someone like pissed him off in church, he would literally ask them to leave and never come back. It was very weird. Right. And at this time, I mean, early America, when you think of, um, when you learn about how early America kind of handled gods, like the Puritans and stuff, where they have that idea that you are, God is, holding you you're a spider over a pit of fire and he's just waiting for you to piss him off and he's going to drop you in so it already has like really strange very controlling um ideas in the religion of early america a lot less love and a lot more scary and hatred but this guy really bothered a lot of people in salem so it divided the church which then divided salem into pro and anti-Paris factions, okay? Very interesting that this one person caused this huge divide. Yeah. Okay, so now let's start with the girls. So again, if you know a little bit about Salem Witch Trials or you've seen The Crucible, then you know that it all started really with these little fucking brats, okay? They Mm -hmm. are just the worst of the worst. (laughs) So let me just let you know who they are. It's Paris's daughter, the new pastor's daughter, Betty. She was nine years old at the time. Okay. And then his niece that he brought along to Abigail, who was 11 and their friend, Anne Putnam. Okay. And she was 12. So these they three. They so young. Yeah. Nine, 11 and 12 year old girls. Okay. So they began oh. indulging and in fortune telling, telling, which they learned 
with the voodoo tales that were told to them by Tichaba, okay, the Paris's slave. So supposedly, so supposedly she told them about voodoo and and told them, taught them different things. So then they started fortune telling, which I don't know the details. That's just what it said, that that's how it began. And in January of 1692, Betty and Abigail's increasingly strange behavior, which was basically just them being assholes, like juvenile delinquency, just straight up monsters, came into the picture, right? Okay, so they screamed, they made odd sounds, they threw things, they contorted their bodies, and they complained of feeling biting and pinching sensations all over their body, okay? So this is January. So now I do want to say that some scholars have tried to debunk what happened during the Salem witch trials by saying, oh, well, the Salem townsfolk were, they must have been eating cereal or bread or some type of grain that was like from rye bread that when uh, mixed with a certain chemical when it grows, it acts like LSD. So they're like, oh, the whole town must have been tripping on LSD, basically. And that's where all of these crazy antics and these um, hallucinations came from. But scientists have been like, you're fucking wrong. So if you think that it was started from the rye bread thing, you're wrong. That's not it. And they were able to kind of debunk that because it wasn't happening all over this area. There was a small amount of people, well, children, that were the ones having these fits. So that's kind of where I'm like, well, the crucible was kind of accurate in that because they never tried to say like, oh, all of these people were just crazy. No, like from drugs. No, they were crazy because they were freaking horrible monsters, okay? So do not think that if you hear all these people like, well, the fungus that was growing in the rye bread, no. Actually, it's already been debunked. You're a little debunked. And these people were just straight up psychotic monsters. Okay. Where can I pick up some of this rye bread? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So. So. But seriously. In February. (laughs) So this was January was when the fits started happening and the uh, delinquent behavior, if you will. Okay. But in February, they were they had taken them to all these different doctors to try to figure out what is wrong with our daughters a fucking lot let me just tell you well i don't want to say that because what a lot of psychologists and doctors believe is that um they could have been acting out not because they were literally like dealing with the devil but because of like child abuse or abuse so these girls may 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 have experienced something bad that made them in turn act like this okay that's a possibility but in february well throughout january and into february their parents were taking them to all these different doctors trying to figure out what's wrong with them what's wrong with them so none of the doctors or the local doctor was unable to account for their behavior medically so this doctor william griggs put the blame on the supernatural Okay, so this is where it starts getting more interesting. Okay, a little, little crazy. So uh, Dr. Griggs is like, nope, it's not medical. It's got to be supernatural. So at the suggestion of a neighbor to 
the Paris, the Paris family, they make a witch cake. Now, if you don't know what a witch cake is, I will gladly share. It's a cake baked with the urine of the victims. So all these little girls urine is baked into a cake and they do that to try to rid the victims of these supernatural entities that are possessing them or whatever right so yeah tichuba is the one that decides to yes i'll go i'll take on the burden of making the cake right so it provided no answers whatsoever you don't say yeah but it out baking it in general outraged Paris. Okay. He was calling blasphemy and he was furious. So Betty, remember the nine year old, and Abigail, the 11 year old, claimed to have been bewitched by Tichuba, their own slave, like their, fam- their family's slave, and two other random members of the community which neither of those women that were accused with Tichuba attended church recently. So they had been either kicked out of church or they refused to go because of Paris. So these two other women are Sarah Good, who was like a homeless person. She was a beggar, okay? And Sarah Osborne, an elderly, bedridden woman who was scorned for her romantic involvement with an indentured servant. So a homeless person and an elderly woman confined to her bed and Tichuba all supposedly bewitched these girls, okay? And that's why they were acting out. So both Good and Osborne obviously were defending themselves and trying to protect their own innocence. And they were like, uh, no, we're not witches. Although Good, Sarah Good being not so good, turned on the old lady and said, yeah, I'm not a witch, but she is. Yeah. Wow. So it's getting, getting pretty intense. Yeah. So Tichuba obviously was questioned too, and she claimed to be blameless. She was like, no, that's not me. But after being repeatedly badgered and most likely incredibly tortured for days, And she was also in fear of her vulnerability in society being a slave right now. Okay, so she ends up telling the magistries that she had been visited by the devil and made a deal with him. So in three days of her testimony, her testimony took three days, okay? She describes encounters with Satan's animal familiars and with a tall, dark man from Boston who had called upon her to sign the devil's book in which she saw the names of Susan Good and Susan Osborne, along with seven others that she could not read from where she was standing. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. So the plot thickens. So the magistries had the confession of Tichuba and another accusation on Osborne. Okay. So they're like, well, we're accepting what Tichuba is saying as evidence. Okay, she saw the book. All right, she knows the familiars dragged her there. She knows this guy from Boston. So it's all legitimate, okay? So they were accepting more accusations from the public, 
of any other people because they need to find these seven other people, supposedly, right? So complete hysteria is happening all over Salem at this time. And uh, thankfully, other young girls and young women also began experiencing fits <laughs> among them and Putnam, who is the other friend of them, the 12-year-old, um, her mother, her cousin, this woman, Mary Walcott, and the Putnam's service servant, sorry. So the almost the entire Putnam family is now bewitched, right? They're all experiencing the same symptoms, okay? So they began identifying other witches, which no longer were just these outcasts to society, but rather upstanding members of their own community. But funny enough, these upstanding members were all friends of the porters. They were either related to them or they were very close to the porters, the other large family unit, the Putnams and the porters. So no one thought that this was strange that all of these Putnams are all of a sudden bewitched by people that are in connection with the porters. And to top it all off, the main pastor involved was brought into Salem by the Putnams. Okay, so whatever. Yeah, that has nothing. There's no coincidence there. Mm -hmm. So the, the weekend pass, the weeks pass, I'm sorry. And many of the accused proved to be enemies of the Putnams. Okay. So that's just, that's just kind of there and said. But in May 27th, 1692, after weeks of informal hearings accompanied by all the prisoners, Sir William Phillips, who is the governor of Massachusetts Bay, interceded and ordered an official court to hear and decide in the Salem Tower of what they're going to do with all of these accused witches. Okay. Okay. So many in the community were all watching this unfold and they were seeing all of these people in their community being accused and they were silent, obviously from fear of them being accused which really was just a downfall to all of the people who ended up dying or were imprisoned or died in custody because if they would have overruled these disgusting people that are all entangled with the Putnams, you know, they could have prevented all of this. But whatever. Most of them were silent throughout this entire thing. And on June 2nd, a woman, Bridget Bishop, who had already been accused and was found innocent of witchcraft 12 years prior to this, was then convicted as a witch, okay? So she was um, accused and convicted, and she was hung or hanged. Hung or hanged? I don't know. I think they're both. Yeah. They, they hung her on June 10th. So just eight days after being accused, she was then hanged. Um, and the thing is, is that all of these different women that came forward that were pretending to be bewitched, they were in the courtroom writhing in pain, kicking and screaming and going like, she's biting me. She's biting me. They're pinching me. They're pinching me. Like Satan's demons are all over me. Just outlandish stuff. So the court was completely, I mean, just overrun by the emotion that these bewitched people were acting like, right? So um, on July 19th, five more convicted people were hanged, and including Susan Good. 
So, Miss Not-So-Good tried to throw Osborne under the bus, was then hung as well. Um, she, oh, Good responded to her conviction after they did this as saying that she was no more a witch than that judge was a wizard. And I guess that just pissed them off. Okay, Then we've got George Burroughs, who had lived in Salem for roughly three years, and he was a minister in another area of Massachusetts before he came to Salem, okay? So he was then convicted. Now he stood up in front of the court and perfectly uh, recited the Lord's Prayer, which, I mean, there from what the readings say is that it erupted in the courtroom, that that was when the community decided to be like, this is, they're wrong. Like, this is wrong. Look at him. He just did it. He shouldn't be murdered, right? Like, or he shouldn't be sentenced. And um, and there was an uproar, and they didn't listen. So, oh my gosh, George, um, was also convicted along with four others, and they were all hung or hanged on August nineteenth. So that really freaked everyone out. I mean, even more than they already were, but it was it was pretty intense. So that guy gone, unfortunately. And then on September 22nd, eight more convicted persons were hanged, including a woman named Martha Corey, whose husband, Giles, was accused of witchcraft as well. He refused to enter any plea. He refused and denounced that he was a witch at all, which then he was subjected to strong, hard punishment and was pressed beneath heavy stones for two days until he died. Oh my gosh. So that's the one death from the Salem witch trial that was pressed under stones. And then we've got lovely Increase Mather. So this guy was an influential minister and he was the president of Harvard at the time. So he uh, was a very disgusting, torturous man, as were his family members and friends. I mean, they all were just absolutely disgusting. But I thought it was interesting that he honestly didn't really care about any evidence at all. If you were accused, accusing someone, if you were accused at all, you were guilty. And this is a quote of his. The devil never assists men to do supernatural things undesired. When therefore such like things shall be testified against the accused party, not by specters, which are devils in the shape of persons either living or dead, but by real men and women who may be credited. It is proof enough that such a one has that conversation and correspondence with the devil as that he or she, whoever be, ought to be exterminated from among men. Wow. This, yeah, this notwithstanding, I will add, it were better that 10 suspected witches should escape then that one innocent person should be condemned. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So they probably killed so many that weren't even witches. Oh, for yeah. sure. He was so demented. Yes. Demented. Yeah. It was it was insane. But on October 29th, accusations were continuing to happen and a wife of one of these men of Phillips that I talked about earlier was then accused. So once this happened, 
he, uh, George, oh, Governor Phillips, sorry. Uh, Governor Phillips ordered a halt to all of the proceeding, proceedings of the court of hearing and testifying, strengthen, whatever. Um, Convenient. So they then established a superior court of judicature, which was instructed not to admit spectral evidence. So they need hard proof now. He's like, you want to accuse my wife? You better have hard proof, right? Okay, so the trials resumed in January and February, but of the 56 persons that were indicted, only three were convicted. And they, along with everyone else held in custody, had been pardoned by Phillips in May of, 196, of 1693. And as the trials came to an end, 19 persons, like I said, had been hung, and five other had died in custody, and Giles was uh, smushed under the rocks. So, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Uh, so, I think this is very interesting, though. In the years to come, there would be individual and institutional acts of repentance by many of the involved in the trial. So, all of these people that were involved in the trial that were um, executioners, that were supposed to, supposed to be judge and juries, they all were starting to feel immense guilt because they knew that none of them were witches. Okay, so pretty intense. But um, in January of 1697, Samuel Seawall, who was one of the judges, publicly acknowledged his own error and guilt in the proceedings. And 1702, uh, the general court accuser declared that the trials had been completely unlawful. Wow. Yeah. In 1706, Anne Putnam apologized for her role as an accuser. 22 of the 33 individuals who had been convicted were exonerated in 1711 by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and they were also paid 600 pounds to the families wow. for the inconvenience. Yeah. Um, and then in 1957, the state of Massachusetts formally apologized for the trials, but it was not until 2001 that the last 11 of the convicted convicted were fully exonerated wow. so it's really insane but the positive spin on it the silver lining if you will um is that the abuses from the salem witch trials and the disgusting despicable display of law and order in salem during the witch trials uh contributed to changes in u.s court proceedings and this is now why we have the right to legal representation and the right to cross-examine one's accuser and um, the presumption of innocent until proven guilty. Wow. That's close. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty cool that they were they were exonerated so quickly. Scotland. I know. Up. They still haven't. They still haven't. No. So what? Um, what were like the like the tests and stuff that they did. Cause I know like, um, I didn't talk about it cause I didn't see a lot of um, these sort of like tests happening in Scotland, but like the water test, did they mm -hmm. do, did they do that? Um, do you want to talk about that a little Take bit? Take it over. <laughs> Where they like, the thought at the time was I mean, and still to to this day that um, water is like pure and it's like godly and it's it's 
um, to, yes, thank you. So the thought that they had was if they were to dunk a suspected witch or um, <laughs> literally put them in a barrel and like dunk them over repeatedly in the water that um, they would either confess to their crimes or they would be able to um, swim or breathe through and live through that process, then in turn being like, oh, the water is reject rejecting you, therefore you are a witch. And it's like, oh, if they drowned, then, oh, well, I guess they really were innocent all along. Yeah. The idea of what happened in Salem was that they didn't want any evidence right. at all. They were like, they're accused, these, <laughs> this hat is so huge they're they're accusing you these girls are freaking out that's enough evidence for me and they were just going with it um they're just like you're done yeah they allowed the prisoners to admit it yet hardly any of them did but the real turning point in the salem witch trials was when they actually accused the governor's wife that was the end of it and i think it probably still would have gone on much longer if such a prominent person wasn't accused or if they had even just stuck with, um, with like common folk, like very, very like outcasts. Like if they had continued sticking with people that were not society's most good people to look at or whatever, um, then it probably would have gone on a lot longer too. Yikes. The fact that they were cherry picking over people that they didn't like from their family, that, that raised suspicions. And is sick in itself. Like you can't yeah, cherry picking is a good I like that term. Thank you. Ugh. Yeah. It's pretty disgusting. But it is very cool that in the US at least they've all been exonerated and no, they were not witches. And it was one of the it's one of the most um horrific uh court hearings in America to this day. And it was able to change so much that we still have changed today. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. How huge is that? Yeah. Imagine, like, if you did go to time travel and you went to that time and you were accused of something and they were like, here, we're going to chop off your hand. And you're so used to being like, but I didn't do it. Don't matter. Yeah. Crazy. But that is the Salem Witch Trials for you. Wow. The legitimate one, not the crucible version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So my witch trials are based out of Germany. And in the years 1400 to 1800 in Europe, there was suspected to be about 80,000 like victims murdered who were thought to be witches. 80,000? Yeah, but from 1400 to 1800. So like it was like a span, right? And really they very were lead there <laughs> yeah they were the, they were deemed the ones to like be either doing work for the devil or like communicating with the devil and in 1486 there was a book that two german wrote together it was malias malefacrium like i said that wrong um sounded good <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> but it's <Speaking> witchcraft <laughs> <laughs> it was like a three-part book so it was the intentions intentions of the witch 
um, the help of the devil and the permission of God. So basically it was what the witches like do and the harm they're going to put and then how to get rid of them. So it was like a guide to like what they're doing and how to terminate them essentially. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that came out in 1486? Yeah, 1486. Ugh. And that's what they use to really like dive into their um their like hunting. Oh. Yikes. Okay, so the trial I'm going to speak of is the Würzburg trial, which was one of like the worst German witch trials in the modern age because it, it killed the most people essentially and it was between the years 1626 and 1631 was like the the time for it to be happening um and the the main like instigator of that was the bishop philip adolf von erzenberg say that right and during Sounds his right. <laughs> and during his eight years, <laughs> during his eight years, which he like led, he killed up to nine hundred people. <gasps> eight in eight years. Yeah, and he killed nineteen Catholic priests. It's like that's intense. Holy! <laughs> he killed his own nephew. <gasps> oh my god! And fourteen hundred children. Well, four four hundred children. Sorry, four hundred. 400 yeah what was like how how did he figure that they were witches through the guide that they used oh my gosh like that was like they're like like, what the hell is this book got in it (laughs) um it like got so bad that like people just started like saying like oh my neighbors my neighbors for sure like a witch because they were like scared to be prosecuted (gasps) and like you would find like doctors and stuff like watching the trials because they didn't want to be considered a witch oh my god yeah why do they always do that why do they always start blaming each other instead of rising up listen to my american ass i know why would you why would you ever point ugh yeah and then uh, to death like right yeah. like who are you yeah and then the bishop, um, he wrote like a book saying that he believed, or a letter, sorry, he wrote a letter saying that he believed about a third of the population was involved in, um, involved with like the devil and that this book had all the names of the people on it. So like he believed it was about 8,000 people's names on this book that he was so determined to find so that he could, like, murder all of them. Oh, my god! Because it supposedly had the people who worked with the devil in there, the witches. <gasps> yeah, pretty intense. Pretty, pretty intense. That's disgusting. How did it end? So he died. Oh. <laughs> in, well, in 1931. My yeah. God. He died, and then the king of Sweden, um, Adolphus? I think I said that wrong or right. I don't know. Um, he took over in the same year, and it still kind of continued. But then there was this German priest who was also a poet and a professor. His name was Jesuit Frederick. And he was the one who spoke out and was like, no, these people that are confessing um, 
are the ones who are just saying it so that they can like get out of the torture like they're just saying it to say it to like end it and he was the one that like the persecutors like looked at for answers so he was like they're just i'm seeing innocent people just say that they're witches because they just want to get it over with and like just die oh my gosh that's how it ended oh my freaking horrible well thank goodness for that one man what was his name again Jesuit Frederick, something like that. Thank you, Mr. Frederick. Yeah, but after 400 freaking years, and for the majority of those 400 years, they're going off of this book these two fuckwads from Germany wrote. Mm -hmm. Like, detailing a guide. That, to me, sounds like a witch wrote the guide. I mean, (laughs) how would they know what to put in there? Just like with King, King James the Sixth and his stupid demonology book. How do you know what to put in there? How do you know? Unless you're either a witch or you don't know. Or killing people. You have your own witch. Yeah. Like secretly have your own witch to like help you get power. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, kill all these other witches. And the fact that he not only murdered children, but the fact that he killed like, I can't remember the exact number. Almost 100 people a year. Yeah, 19 priests. And his own nephew. And his own nephew. And 200 kids. No, 400. 400. 400. And not to mention, like, you said 80,000 people in 400 years. Yeah, that's a lot. But that was in Europe, so not just uh, Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah. But still, still. (laughs) yeah, Europe, what is good? Yeah. That's freaking insane. And that book itself sounds so witchy. I want to read it. They have it on Amazon. I know. I kind of want to read it too, just to be like, what what exactly was their playbook? How does someone read this book and then start targeting children? I have no idea. That almost half of the people that he killed were children. Like, what does this book say in it? Right? Like, hmm. how, but what I was going to say, or what I was thinking. But I wonder if he killed children, because, like, they're like, I'm going to kill your child if you don't confess you're a witch. And the witches were like, no, I'm not, I'm not a witch. And then, I don't know. Being a mom, I'd be like, But if you're an evil me. witch and don't care. I, I think that the, I think it would be very rare for them to actually kill a real witch. That's what I think. And I've always thought that with the witch trials is that there's no way that any true witch would have been caught or it would have been very difficult or they would have wanted to be caught. Like a baby witch. No, even then, I feel like they they would not get caught. I feel like the majority of the people that they killed were not. Yeah, I know. And even like thinking of... um... I know I mentioned this in the beginning, the pagans when, um, now my history is not the greatest when it comes to this particular topic, but how they literally, how the British um, Christians went crazy and would obliterate pagan communities and villages and all of that stuff, man, woman, child, just obliterate them if they didn't accept Christ and give up paganism. 
I maybe going off of your point, Kayla, maybe they they kind of adapted and said, okay, let's be a little bit more hush hush. Mm-hmm. But even like um like you were saying, the the men who wrote that book and King James, I mean, not to put slander on King James's name, like oh, not to slander, but um wouldn't it be wouldn't if you were conspiring with the devil and you come up with, you know, you have your own writer, make your own version of the Bible. It's intense. A little... Sounds a little fishy to me. But what do I know? I'm just an American. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Never my king. But, um, no, it's horrible. But honestly, think of being in, like, that time period and being accused of a witch. How freaking terrifying would that have been? Oh, my gosh. Like, I know we talk about Outlander a lot. I know we do. We love that show. But when she, the few times that she yeah, was used of it, yeah, can, um, it was so, like, the anxiety was so stressful because it's, I mean, obviously it's a show and it's meant to stress you out and stressful things happen. But to actually think about people were coming out like, we don't have the best track record with some of our neighbors and not for any fault of our own. Really? Don't make me start naming love me. (laughs) Waving them every day. Yeah. Oh. Not all of our neighbors, though. But imagine, like, if the either of those two neighbors oh shit turned around and they were like the corner neighbor, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Both corner neighbors. Yeah. If either of them, (laughs) like, we're not gonna get into the nitty gritty of our drama but if any of those neighbors would have just came up and been like they're witches freaking imagine like I know. Neville, having her little fingernails pulled out until you admit that you were a witch i would cry yeah i would i would lose my mind i would I'd become be like, a witch like, and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously imagine that fear of like because like it's not like they just knocked on your door and they were like if you would come out to court like, they broke in your house, ripped you out, tortured your family, like, tortured you, tortured you, and threw you in a jail cell for something that wasn't even true. And the and fact like, that no, that's, like, political, that stuff still happens today and, and stuff like that. And it's, that's terrifying. But the, mm-hmm. the amount at that time where it was, like, you couldn't even speak the word witch because you'd be afraid of what could happen. That and, like, the incredibly staggering number of women who were mm-hmm. accused like my gosh yeah it's terrifying and at that point too in that time in history those hundreds of years they did like women did not have rights mm-hmm. women weren't um there was a point where women weren't even allowed to speak in a courtroom so could you imagine standing there and they're the whole like um the whole room is just like witch witch and saying all like the most vile things to you and you just have to stand there and take it and then be like i can't even argue i can't even stick up for myself i can't prove my point like that at that point is just so it's scary and i don't know if i mentioned this not only like the medieval style of torture um, to get answers, 
but they did all sorts of things um, that weren't physical, like mental torture. Sleep deprivation was huge. I just, I'm sorry. It just like light bulb. I remembered (laughs) deprivation was huge, huge. And that in of, of itself is a torture method that is psychological. So I can't even, at that point, when you've reached a certain level of torture um, and you literally cannot take it, at what point, you know, we say like, oh, I, I could never point the finger. Like, who even? At what point are you like, if you let me go, I know that I'm not a witch, but you think I am because Susan down the street is a witch and she's making you believe I am. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh like that but then then look at like the nasty people from salem um living on with that guilt like at that point is it better to live exactly or is it better to just die and not be a piece of shit human being yeah exactly some of those like oh like the barrel down the hill that's so intense it's just so despicable. I can't imagine it being a sudden death, you know? No. Because even if they stick you, like, I don't know. Because, like, when you're stabbed. And pulled through. Yeah, it's when it comes back out that you start bleeding out. But, I mean, it can it can still take, depending on how many punctures you have, mm-hmm. up to a few minutes before you bleed out. And, and I don't know, like, oh I don't know the specifics, um, Lexi, you made a good point when you were like, were, did they stick them in before or after? Because if, if the, if the um, stakes them, or yeah, the stakes, if they themselves were like really long, how could you get your, the body in there? But if they're small and it's just like, and you're like getting riddled, ugh, and then burned alive. Or if they're not all the way in. And then they put you inside and then they push them in the rest of the way. Or the rolling of the barrel pushes them in the rest of the way. Ew. Oh, my God. Like, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I'm remembering a past life when I was thrown down the hill in one of those barrels. Actually, that's <laughs> exactly how it happens. But seriously, that's... It's freaking despicable like i like that massachusetts came forward and like exonerated all of those innocent people and that they all have published about how um guilty the people that were involved in uh not just the accusing part of it but the actual execution of all those people like i like how they took that back and they apologized and they have you know remorse tried to yeah tried to fix it as much as they could because you can't really fix someone wants to kill them but the fact that scotland still hasn't is wild and i'm sure it's not the only country um i'm sure a lot of europe hasn't mm-hmm. it's just it's sad very sad bad yeah it's ugh. and all those people who like even thinking back to um like our lineage for instance i'm like by the grace of God, our family, like ancestors, survived that. Like how? Because yeah. so many of those eighty thousand people's lives were just done. Like well, I, not only the witch trials happening, but just life in general at that point. 
Like witch yeah. trials are like one thing you have to deal with. To think yeah. of like everyone listening to this podcast right now, everyone in this room with us, um, your ancestors are badass for even making it through everything that they've had to to survive. Like just so that you like now you can live and maybe continue the lineage. I don't know, but it's that's crazy nuts when people are like i want to time travel and i would i do i say that before like i want to time travel then you watch a show like outlander and you're like uh maybe i don't i know i know because it's not even in her 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 herself like she herself was um she was like had a medical background and is you know spoiler going back in time and using her medical background to heal to people. Save all these people. And it, then and they're the like, backfires. And that girl, like, it could be somebody, like, you're vying for the same person. You're vying for the same guy. And then they're like, which? Well, that's like, that's like the take on the crucible. So, oh, the yeah, crucible yeah, yeah. And parts of the things that he changed was, not um their names or the situations but the ages of the girls yes so they made Why winona make writer's character they made he made winona writer's character in the movie the crucible i'm sorry if you're thinking about the play but um they made abigail a teenager and having like a love interest with john so that it made That's it more true. desirable to read and see the play that was his reason oh. for I was, I would, because I was about to say, why do they always make them older? Yeah, that because was, it, that was his reason. I feel like it would have been an even more successful play if you kept them the same age. Were they the same age? No, like, kept no. Them the same they actually were. Oh, how old were yeah. they? For real? At 9, 11, and 12. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah I mean, some of the mm -hmm. girls in the Crucible are young like that but most of them are like older They're like the father, back, back then i was considered yeah. like middle age though <laughs> almost yeah because like life they were useless what like 20 yeah but like that's like maybe. like my that's like my son being like like rolling all over the floor true saying you're a witch jesus christ and you're bewitching him with your voodoo ways and like tichaba this already a slave and then trying to like make the best out of her situation by like hanging out with these girls and teaching them about stories from her home like nasty little girls little bitches nasty little and girls. i wonder if the paris girls ever released like you know an apology for what they did yeah i don't know probably not fucking assholes yeah, but that is. <laughs> In conclusion. <laughs> well, thank you, Twisted listeners, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes. And again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you have seen quite a few different costume changes. Just kidding. It's only two. Um, we thought it would be fun to go into this video as colonial dressed people and then partway through change into witches in support of all of our witches who died during all of these witch trials um so if you are watching this on youtube 
you have hi if you're not our youtube is <laughs> hi our youtube is three twisted sisters podcast um we would love to hear your guys's take on any witch trials any kind of spooky scary stories you want us to talk about or you want to tell us definitely let us know we love hearing from you guys uh you can comment below on our youtube you could go to our tiktok or instagram underscore three twisted sisters or you can send us an email to three twisted sisters podcast at gmail.com let us know your fun spooky stories we want to hear them yes and we hope you guys have a safe and wonderful weekend happy halloween happy halloween and everybody please please take care and stay, stay twisted, twisted. Bye. Bye.